Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a new partner, Arostia, a new coffee roaster based in Queens. This company was created by and is run by a huge fish fan, Andy Hollander, who hasn't caught a hold your head up since 12, 15, 95, but is definitely not bitter about it. I've had this coffee and it's really great. Andy started roasting coffee during the pandemic, taught himself, and then that turned into this label, Arostia, which launched late last year. I had a bag of the Ethiopian coffee and it was gone really quickly because I liked it so much and I drank a lot of it and I need more. The beans were grown at an altitude of 2,100 meters above sea level, which contributes to a dense bean that continues to develop its flavors after the roasting process is done. The tasting notes include apple, raisin, and caramel, and there are more coffees coming very soon. So support this fan-owned business and try the coffee today. And for Osiris listeners, there's a 10% discount code on the site. Use the code OSIRIS at checkout for 10% off your order, and stay tuned for the launch of a coffee subscription. You can order and sign up for the mailing list at arostia.com. That's A-R-O-A-S-T-I-A.com. And you can find Arostia on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, Arostia. Hey, listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more. Osiris. All right. We are live. This is... 
Friendly Podcast. We are here today on Wednesday, July 27th to talk about a show that happened on Tuesday, July 26th from Jones Beach. Fish's first time at Jones Beach since, wait, wait, don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. I think it was 2013. Yep, July 12th, 2013. Thank you, fish.net, for confirming for me. (laughs) A very wet show from everything that I've been told, but a second set that just rules. If you haven't gone back and listened to 7, 12, 13, set two, please do that. After you listen to our recap and after you listen to last night's show and possibly tonight's show, there's a lot of good fish happening right now. Um, Megan, you were at last night's show. This was your first show of tour. These were your first shows since MSG. Before we dive into everything, how are you feeling today? I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I had the best time last night. I had like a really special night. I got to bring my cousin. And my cousin is one of those people who every time I hang out with him, I'm just like, why don't we spend more time together? He's just one of Mm. these great people. And we've never actually hung out one-on-one, which is just bizarre. And he went to one, well, more than one fish show, but he went to a weekend of fish shows. He went to the Great Went. And that's all he's ever done. That is it. Yes. So. He loved it and, you know, just was doing other things. He lived in Burlington for a while, so he always knew about fish and, like, listened to them very casually. And so it was so fun to bring him back last night. We went really early, and we just did the whole lot thing, and we got to see so many people that I've been wanting to meet, especially your brother. (laughs) It was so good. I was standing there, like, yeah, talking to this – talking to this woman that I had wanted to meet. And all of a sudden just this big guy comes over and just like sidles up next to me. And I look over and it's Kevin Brinkman. And it's really great. So we got (laughs) to hang out a lot. Is Is it? He does like the slide up. I like that. He's good at that. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. And we were really missing you and just talking about you and um, how excited I am to meet you finally someday. But it was great to meet him and just so many great reunions and running into all kinds of people. It was just like that East coast vibe and, Everybody was talking about just how, you know, they went to their first show 25 years ago, almost to the day at Jones Beach. And, you know, there was just a lot of that, just great vibes. We'll talk more about that, I guess, in a little bit. But I'm doing great. That's a really long answer to your question about how I'm doing. It's funny. Like, you know, we've been recapping these shows together since the Mexico run. Uh, well, I know, I guess since uh, Rock Lilitz, when the band played their uh, mm-hmm. indoor, their their isolated New Year's Eve show. Um, and, you know, you were obviously at the MSG shows. You were just vibrating completely with total love and light during that that period. Someone wrote the, that lyric. I, I don't know who, but, um, you know, it's it's wild to talk because I'm going to have this experience in a couple of weeks when I see my first shows uh, since last fall, when I see the Alpine run, it's wild to have that experience where like you're listening to these shows from home. You're, you're listening to the highlights. You're trying to have some sort of a critical thinking aspect, but also like there's so much fun just to have fish on. Like my wife and I hang out on the couch. My son will go outside and play and come inside and be like, Oh, what song is it right now? Oh, cool. Then he'll run back outside. (laughs) There's just like a real fun energy, even if you're not at the show. But then when you're there 
everything you're describing, it's, it's a totally different feeling because you're meeting, you're seeing people. There's that constant reminder of, Oh my God, I'm going to see a fish show tonight. I have no idea what this is going to be. I could be walking in to the best show I've ever seen. And I have no idea. Like everything I did to this day is going to fit into that context. Um, whatever it is, it's amazing. And we are, we are so excited to dive into it. I'm so excited to have you share that experience. We're also going to bring on an outstanding guest today, Matt Higgins, who can be found on fish.net at night moves, which, uh, my God, what a song, what a way to just like throw yourself out there by representing what I would argue is one of the two or three greatest songs that have ever, ever been written. Um, he is going to come on here shortly. He joined us for the Charleston night one recap back in early. I think that show happened on May 31st. So early June, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of where the band is at compared to where they're at in the spring, as well as his thoughts on last night's show along with yours, Megan. But before we get to that, we have a couple bits of business that we do have to get through. And these are all good business. This isn't business business. This is good business. Um, Our first (laughs) is we have to tell you about our sponsor, which I just got my first bag. Look at that of Osiris from Passion House. Look at this. That is my company's logo on a on a bag of coffee. I feel so excited. Tell us about Passion House and what we're doing with them. It's so cool. First of all, their bags are beautiful. They're just like works of art. But you know, here at Osiris, we love Passion House. They make the best coffee and we are always drinking Passion House coffee every morning. I had mine over ice this morning with some oat milk. That's the way that I have. Yeah, you've got yours right now. That's the way that I like to have my coffee. And now, as Brian just said, we have our very own blend. And it's called the Ocean of Osiris. And you can get some of this coffee today. And you can get free shipping, too, if you use the code OSIRIS. So check that out. And a lot of you know about our contest we have that's been really fun, where every fish show, we're giving away bags of Ocean of Osiris coffee every time fish plays an ocean song. So every time you hear an ocean song, you can tag at OSIRISPOD. And at Passion House Coffee on Twitter, and use the hashtag Ocean of Osiris, and you could win a bag of free coffee. And we have two winners today, right, Brian? We have two winners. And I will just say really quickly these ocean songs, it's a really fun aspect of, of listening to these shows because you're mm-hmm. like, oh my God. And ICU has lyrics about oceans. Pebbles and Marbles has lyrics about oceans. Yeah. It's not just a wave of hope or a song I heard the ocean sing uh, or Gula Papyrus or Soul Planet. There's a lot of songs in it. You got to do a little bit of deep diving into the lyrics. But once you hear it, you're like, ah, I'm getting some coffee. And I just identified some cool nuanced aspects of <laughs> fish. But yes, we have two winners here today. Congratulations to Michael Pro, who can be found on Twitter at Michael R Pro and Mike G, who can be found on Twitter at D E D P H one S H. So dead fish. Um, really, really awesome stuff. Congratulations to both of them. So we want to tell you as well, our friends at Wook Plus, we encourage you all to check them out. They have two different shows that are happening throughout this summer tour. The first debuts tonight. They're coming to us live from 
the virtual lot pre-shows on Wednesdays throughout tour, as well as their after fish after show, which is live 15 minutes post show. You can watch these on Twitter at Wook plus, as well as on YouTube. If you search for Wook plus great dudes over there, shout out to everyone at Wook plus. I will be on the after fish after shows this weekend to recap the MPP shows, which I'm really excited about. Megan's been on. Jonathan was on last week. It's a ton of fun. So fun. Um, so fun. Those dudes, they just, they crush it. Um, really exciting. So a couple of events that we want to tell you guys about, and then we'll promise we will get to the meat and potatoes, probably a little bit more meat, but you know, potatoes will be there because you need a little bit of starch with your diet. Everybody needs it. Um, we want to tell you about an AC ticket giveaway. We just announced this on Twitter today. Today, we are giving away two three-day passes to see fish in Atlantic City. All you got to do is write into Osiris Pod on Twitter. Share with us your most cherished memory of fish in Atlantic City. We will pick two winners tomorrow and share them on this show. Two three-day passes, giveaways Man, from Osiris Media. That is awesome. Just, it's amazing stuff. Everyone else out there. You know, the whole world is raising their prices. We're just giving away tickets to people because we love you so much and we want you to see fish on the beach. And while you are there, we want you to secure your spot for Osiris plus HF Pod Live at the Anchor Rock Club. We will be there both on Saturday, August 6th, and Sunday, August 7th. Um, Saturday, we will have John Barber playing an acoustic set, John Barber of the Disco Biscuits, of course. And Sunday, we will be doing an auction benefiting the water wheel. We will be auctioning off vinyl, posters, shirts, and other hard-to-find fish memorabilia. Tonewood Brewing, our good friends, will be sponsoring the event. These two events, they're totally free. You don't have to buy your tickets. We're just giving more away, more of ourselves away. But you do need to secure a spot at osirispod.com slash osirislive. And then finally... As we move through summer tour, we will be doing a live show at the Cooperage in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Arjun and I will be hosting a conversation plus a concert with Riley Walker, one of my favorite singer-songwriters. Get your tickets for that at osirispod.com slash Milwaukee. And then close out summer tour with Osiris Live at the Larimer Lounge here in Denver, Colorado. Wednesday, August 31st, we will be doing music and conversation conversation featuring the incredible band tapers choice get your tickets at osirispod.com slash denver two incredible concerts to kick off two incredible runs of fish really really excited about this um i'm gonna be at both of those megan you will be in atlantic city jonathan will be out here in denver rj and i will be in milwaukee rj will be in atlantic city if you want to see us if you want to hang these are the best places to come and see us at. Anything else or should we dive into the show? Let's dive in. We're going to dive in. We're going to bring on Matt Higgins right now. Matt, welcome back to the podcast. How are you, man? Feeling great. Thanks for having me again. It's always hey, a blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are y'all doing? Doing great, great. man. We're good. We, uh, I'm, I'm probably more awake than both of you. Um, I, I know that that sensation probably. of like <laughs> being at a fish show, it's like, 
they say in basketball that an NBA finals game is like playing three basketball games and like it just wears mm-hmm. you down so much. Going to a fish concert, it's like existing for three nights. Like no matter what, <laughs> no matter what happens, no matter how great the show was, no matter how much fun you had, you come out of that show, you wake up the next morning, you're like, what the hell was I just through? That was, that was a lot. So I'm glad that you guys are able to be here with me. Yeah. I need to tell my, uh, my coworkers and my boss that, uh, Seeing fish on vacation isn't exactly the most relaxing way to spend your time off, but yeah, totally worth it. It every time. Every time yeah. you get back from a fish vacation, people are like, "Hey, how was it? Did you feel? Did you feel relaxed?" You're like, no, man, I feel like I just like worked like three weeks. It was I, it was incredibly rejuvenated. Like, Don't get me wrong, I'm rejuvenated, yeah. but I'm I'm not relaxed necessarily. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we talked with Megan at the start of this. This was Megan's first show of tour. We're going to dive into like the, the what, what that all meant, what that felt like, because there were a lot of really cool songs played last night. But Matt, we talked uh, right after the first night of Charleston. Tell me, you, you've seen everything now since the first night of the man of this That's summer right. tour. Tell me, what have your overall impressions been of Fish's summer tour as you were heading into last night? Oh, man. I mean, the highlights are high so far and uh you know i i think if i could really nail down what i've seen as in terms of the difference between spring and summer i know we didn't have too long of a break between that but um you know one thing that stuck out during spring tour was uh i heard trey you know leaning more towards that clean playing that we heard in msg not as effect heavy and i feel like he's brought that back a bit especially as of this last weekend in bethel um and you know i'm i'm not one to complain especially if they're gonna throw down those mind melters like the uh the bethel set your soul free or i'm sorry the um the wave of hope uh yeah uh set your soul free the last night's that will get into the leaves but um yeah, man, if you're going to be bringing, bringing those kinds of uh, jams, I'm all for the effects. I'm right there with you, and I'm curious your thoughts on that, Meg. Like, we t- To me, the MSG run, I loved it. I thought it was, it was so unique in that moment. Um, I thought that the band matched the energy that was in not just the room but in the fan base for like this this you know disappointment of like another hit of okay summer tour 2020 is is canceled and moved there's no chance of any fish shows we get Trey at the beacon which was an incredibly special thing but then we go into 2021 you wait until literally a year ago right now a year ago tomorrow for fish to play their first show um in 18 months msg 2022 had that similar vibe even though we had fish shows last summer and last fall it was another break um but you know for me there's always a listening experience of like is the band evolving have they changed things up and i think that to your point the biggest thing that i noticed during that msg run was trey almost seemed to be running away from effects at times and playing with this very clean tone he's now seemed to be re-embracing it meg from just like a musical standpoint you had this three month break between your last fish show and your fish show here last night. What was kind of the biggest sonic thing that sounded different to you and uh, from the way the band is sounding right now? I've been thinking about that a lot this morning and, you know, haven't completely gotten my head around it yet, but the one thing that stands out is just last night, there was just a lot of like really rich textures, a lot of like layered kind of like sonic landscapes that 
that sounded newer and um, just really Trey using his effects to kind of make old songs sound new. Like I'm thinking of the end of Bathtub Gin when they like mm. crept back in, which was just an incredible moment. It was so dystopian carnival sounding. And then they like, he uses his effects on the, uh, you know, that classic Bathtub Gin riff. And it was just, it sounded so new and cool. And I was just thinking like, they're really experimenting now in a way that's totally exciting. And I think that's just hard to match. You know, I thought uh, MSG Run was spectacular. I had one of the best times of my life. I had just had so much fun. I, th- I agree, the clean playing, the energy, an absolutely inspirational gag, you know, just absolutely beautiful. The whole weekend was amazing. But now, you know, they hadn't played together in, you know, a really long time in front of fans when they came at MSG. So now they've had a lot more time in front of them. And the tours always seem to get better after that. So it's, I thought they sounded incredible last night. It was just really new sounds, really fun, creative, really, really rich sounds. I agree with all of that. And I think, you know, it's, it's fascinating the way that they're using gin lately. I, the version I saw at the forum, it was an encore selection. Um, I think that they were running up against curfew. And so you didn't get this traditional like build up to a peak and then that it ends. It's this like 14, 15 minute jam that like fades out the way that last night's did without having the resolution. So they just end on this big lasting note and they put down their instruments and walk off the stage. It's one of the coolest ways I've ever seen them end. But it's wild to see. And so we're, we're going to get into I love this. It. it was so dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to get into this. Like it seems like they are figuring out or they have a penchant right now of how can we mess around with a song that has always felt even in a great way, but slightly, slightly standard, like gin in the 3.0 early 4.0 era has always had that like big build up to a peak. There's some outlier examples in the latter parts of the 3.0 era, but like, how do we tweak these songs and how do we figure out another pathway through them? And there were a couple of those from last night. Um, Before we get to the music though, I got to know, Meg, you talked about this like just sensation of seeing friends. I want to have you go deeper on that, but we do need to get a sense of what the vibe of the show was like last night. And the vibe of the show segment of uh, today's show is sponsored by Section 119. Section 119 is the premier apparel brand where many fans shop to represent their favorite bands in everyday life. With sophisticated designs and epic quality, Section 119 offers donut-inspired button-down shirts, board shorts, dry-fit polos, and hoodies, among many more awesome clothing types. You can see it on the screen here if you're watching. Use code SUMMER22 for a 20% discount on your next purchase. So Matt, you are a week into your summer tour. You went from Philadelphia to idyllic Bethel to... Idyllic Hartford, I would say Idyllic, there's a great <laughs> venue there, to Jones Beach, right on the water. What was the vibe like when you pulled up for a, another Tuesday show here? Oh, the the crowd uh, at Jones Beach was, it was, everybody was in good, good spirits. I, it was, uh, so, you know, from my perspective, coming off of Hartford, uh, and you know, Hartford was right after Bethel, every, everybody in that crowd. And I don't want to, I don't think I'm projecting, but Hartford was a pretty exhausted crowd. Cause I think a mm. lot of people came from Bethel and, uh, that was the vibe, you know, me and my friends had, and, uh, it was, it was palpable. I mean, nothing to take away from Hartford. That was a great show. I mean, you know, we could talk about that wave of hope, um, 
segment all day, but it, people were exhausted. They were tired. They were hot. And uh, it's been a hot tour. But yeah, yesterday was kind of just business as usual again. Um, people seemed refreshed. Uh, saw a lot of new faces out there. And uh, yeah, that was, the, that was the big difference that people were kind of, you know, settled back in after that weekend of camping. So essential to have that night off. I, I remember pulling into the forum and a lot of people had done the Phoenix Chula forum tour with me. Whenever you put travel in the middle of a three night weekend run, you're, you're asking for people to be exhausted. And just like that one drive from Bethel to Hartford had to, had to wear some people down. Yeah. The camping always adds a few layers of exhaustion there, but I, I remember you and I were talking last time, Brian, I did that same, uh, you know, fall run that you did and whew, yeah that three cities two states three nights it takes a lot out of it but you know, last driving. Day, it seemed refreshed and you know the, it was my first time at jones beach and i had no idea what to expect from the lot i heard it was pretty extensive but uh man in that parking lot it's like an nfl stadium it's huge mm. huge expand so expansive so you get, did you get a classic shakedown or was it limited because of where it's at? It was, it was a classic shakedown. You had, awesome. you know, three, four rows worth of vending and whatnot. You had a nice band playing, you know, playing your Grateful Dead covers and whatnot. Um, it was, it, it was, bus- again, business as usual. All the same uh, burrito places that were in the Bethel and the man, just like clockwork, they were in Jones Beach. I love it. I love yeah, it. it huge. Uh, that's incredible. Megan, you, you talked a bit at the top, just about like that, that vibe of, of reconnecting with people, but tell me kind of from your perspective, jumping on tour halfway through it. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on, on the vibe of the overall show as we were heading in? I was super anxious to get there. As you know, I think I was texting you about this, Brian, but I have a lot of pre-show anxiety and I'm usually the one in control of all of the logistics. And I wasn't really, and I was taking the Long Island railroad by myself. I'd never done that to meet my cousin. And I was stressed, just stressed. So the minute I got on the train, I started to feel a little bit better. And, you know, just once I got out there and got onto a lot, it was just like, we parked really far away. We were, we were like, this is going to make it easier to get out and ended up going down like a winding path and ended up on the beach at Jones beach, like <laughs> not at the venue at all. And it was just gorgeous. I've never seen that, even though I've been to Jones beach to see fish a few times, but, and then got like a beautiful little walkthrough and found the venue. And yeah, the parking lot was crazy. It's so big. So it looked empty at like five o'clock when I got there, but it wasn't. Um, so you kind of made your way over to Shakedown and it was, it was a glorious Shakedown. It like makes up for all the things you can't do in MSG. That's the only sad part about MSG. There's no lot that always kind of breaks my heart. So I love the lot, but the Jones Beach lot was awesome. And I think the weather being so perfect, I mean, it was like 78 and breezy. And even a little cloudy sometimes. So like you just get these ocean breezes and everybody just looked, yeah, relaxed and excited. And there's a lot of people jumping on tour, it seemed like. So everybody was was super pumped up. I was so happy. I mean, the minute I set foot on that lot, I just, it's like coming home always. Such a good feeling. It's an interesting routed tour in the sense that you could basically do you could do great woods and banger and like kind of catch this like mini Northeastern run. And then you could jump on in Philly or you could have driven down from banger. It's a little bit of a, of a journey, but you could do Philly and then go right up to Bethel over to Hartford and then down here to Jones beach. 
you can jump on at Jones Beach and drive south and see that. You can jump on in the Midwest. Like there's a lot of different areas for people to jump on tour. And so I think we're going to get, like I said, I'm seeing my first shows will be at Alpine. It'll be really cool to see like what is the vibe like when you get a Midwestern uh, show. But it's it's so cool that they came back to Jones Beach for the first time in almost 10 years. Um, let's jump into the music here and to the, the, the show here itself. Um, big shout out. We can't prove it, but friend of the pod, Brian Goldenberg called the curtain. However, as he admits, he called it with, um, with the with, uh, we're not in (laughs) Philadelphia, but we're close enough. Um, they have not played a curtain with since June 30th, 2019. I almost said 2000. Um, Mm -hmm. They have not played a curtain with since June 30th, 2019 at Camden. Um, I kind of expected this to be a with when they opened with mm-hmm. it because yeah. the last curtain we had was 8-8-2021 at Deer Creek. Um, for so long in the 1990s, we only got curtains and people basically forgot that the with existed. And then it came back at Deer Creek 2000 on 712 and then it kind of lingered and it was there it was the final song of Coventry and it came back in uh 3.0 it really was anytime you heard the curtain you heard it with it's interesting to me now that they're choosing to cut it off and have this be kind of a transitional piece i kind of like it um but first set we get curtain santos stealing time from the faulty plan which goes right into nicu uh Roguet, or Roger, however you want to pronounce that. Uh, <laughs> I know that Jonathan Hart is watching, so we have to give both options yeah. there. Pebbles and Marbles, Bathtub Gin, Maze. We just say Maze, not a slow Maze, just Maze. And then Squirming Coil to end it. Um, Matt, starting with you, what was your big highlight of set one? Stealing time from the Faulty Plan. That's it. Who would have thunk? The theme, theme of the tour. You know, it's, it's if you were in... I... I uh, was thinking about, you know, the whole tour in general earlier today. And I was thinking, you know, a lot of, yeah, I'm not going to say a lot, but there's some fish fans, a lot of my friends, honestly, that like to use their eyes more than their ears when they look at it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is the tour where you got to use your ears. It's not, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, so not, true. and I, I love the way they used to play these songs 10 years ago, eight years ago, but they're not playing them the same way. You know, jams are mm-hmm. sprouting up where, they never were before. And, you know, ceiling time from the faulty plan. I think they took that out for a little bit of a walk in Deer Creek over yep. the spring, if I believe. Right. And then, um, which I, I streamed, but I wasn't there for. And, but what I thought of when they started to take a walk was the infamous Charleston three show from 2019, where mm. I think they open or they didn't open up the set uh, with it, but they started to take it for a walk. It didn't, quite connect and they abandoned it and last night it all clicked and it was it was fantastic some high octane uh you know tray playing and i'm pretty sure it's the longest version ever and it's, it's only definitely- nine minutes but it exactly. there's so many ideas in there it's like I, my notes i wrote down how is that only nine minutes there's just so many ideas in this micro jam it's crazy yeah, it's wild. Uh, so Stealing Time debuted at Jones Beach on June 2nd, 2009. And that run featured the debut of Stealing Time, Kill Devil Falls. I believe that there was one other, but like at Fenway, you got the debuts of Time Turns Elastic, of Light, of Ocelot. 
Um, when they went to Camden, they debuted Joy. Like that first week of the summer 2009 tour, we heard all these songs that would be staple songs as the band moved forward in 3.0. Obviously, they opened up their first second set at Hampton with Backwards on the Number Line. We were hearing immediately when Fish came back in 3.0 the sound of what the next era of Fish was going to be. And to me, Stealing Time was always the song that sounded like it was going to become a jam vehicle. And Mm. as I say this, as though our listeners know exactly what I'm about to say, Shermuth, a good, good friend of the pod, Stealing Time is one of the songs I feel is just waiting for a monster 20-minute jam. I really don't know how Mm. that hasn't happened yet. I agree. I agree. I'm right there with you. Maybe it takes. Maybe it dicks. I mean, maybe even sooner. Who knows? Like they're there's they're they're in this interesting place here right now where they're debuting jams off of songs and just taking a little bit further. And mm-hmm. usually that second go around, there's something more. Um Megan, I want to ask you just with regards to the stealing time, because you said it, you didn't know how this was nine minutes. There's a this is one of the distinctions of being in the venue versus being at home is I can check Twitter and be like, okay, we're at eight minutes now. We're at 12 minutes now. Oh my God, we crossed 20 minutes now. And like, I can be informing people who are there of like, Hey, you're seeing a 25 minute jam. You're seeing a 30 minute jam, but we all know when you're there nine minutes of jamming, which is really like there's seven condensed minutes of significant jamming here feels longer. Um, what was it like for you listening to so much of this tour and then being in the room for almost immediately, you get a really cool micro jam. I lost track of time so much last night. I really didn't know how long things were. I often didn't know what song we were in. I was so in the moment and I definitely thought that ceiling time was like 15 minutes at least for sure. And I also felt like the whole first part of the show, there was like a lot of white lights, like a lot of big energy just right away coming out. Like I love the curtain as an opener because it's just like this force of energy. And even Santos, you know, you get the blast of white light and stealing time is always just a song. It was a song that I didn't really connect to a lot. And then during the pandemic, it just all started to make sense to me. And I felt like it was so much about the way I was feeling during the pandemic. Um, And I just, I think that song just rocks. And last night was my favorite version I've ever heard. I just, it was incredible. I thought it was a lot longer, a lot, (laughs) a lot. It was great though. What a highlight. Was that your highlight of set one as well? It wasn't. Um, mine was the gin. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. this this gin, it just, the peaks were really blissy. And I think I texted you guys that there was some talk on Twitter about someone making a fuck bliss shirt because like they've been so dark and evil lately. And I was joking that I think Trey heard about this and was like, oh, you're done with bliss. Okay. Well then I'm just going to bliss you the fuck out tonight. (laughs) And it was just so the peaks were really blissy, but they were really soulful and just melodic. There was like so much to grab onto in this jam and hearing it live, it was soaring and grand. It was just completely took my breath away at the end it's really like contemplative and it's so gorgeous and then he brings in that riff like we talked about earlier with the effects and it's really orchestral sounding this was a really great gin one of like my favorite i've heard in a while live matt what were your thoughts on the gin yeah it was great there was a moment i think it was like maybe five and a half minutes six minutes you know kind of when they leave the uh leave the song proper where trey just 
him and Fishman. I don't know who was leading on who. Knowing this tour, it was probably Fishman. But hmm. Trey just—it was high octane. I went, oh man, we're we're going for a ride, um, and that we did. It was you know a really great version. I don't you know I don't know if it's going to be the highlight of the tour, but again, it's just that extra sauce that they've been adding to every song this tour. That again, it might not you know, deserve its own thread on .net, but it's, if you're not, if you're skipping <laughs> it, it's, it's, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice, but you no, know, the same way, uh, Megan, as you mentioned towards that end, when they get into that contemplative, you know, area, I thought, oh my God, goodness, are they just going to start jamming this now for another 10 minutes? Like I can't handle that. Yeah. Um, so I know I was like, please, please. <laughs> when, they, when they went back into the, the gin riff, which was, uh, the opening riff, I was almost like, thank God, like, Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> save me from myself yeah and uh one more thing i wanted to point out of the set let um you know that that uh transition from ceiling time into nicu was a legitimate arrow it was it was it's that noted was on cool. on uh fish.net as as such and it's it totally was it was it was cool to hear a song like stealing time that has hinted another great version to throw out is uh, August 2nd, 2013 from Bill Graham's civic auditorium. That was until the deer Creek version. That was uh, always the version that I would turn to as like, this song has possibilities, has another life as a jam vehicle. Um, but then the deer Creek version was the very first time in nine years where I remember listening and being like, Oh my God, are they, are they falling in love with this song? Cause that song has kind mm. of fallen a bit out of rotation mm -hmm. in recent years, but then to get what we got last night in a tour where they have really started to make a theme of this tour that, Hey, we're going to play songs like Golgi and a wave of hope, which granite has far less versions speaks to being a new jam vehicle that you had the great deer Creek version. Um, but, you know, Sample in a Jar, Timber, Gumbo, songs that have usually been contained, we are going to try to explore them. To have that happen with Stealing Time and then them never return, it just goes right into mm -hmm. NICU. That to me is like, that's the creativity flowing in that sort of area. Um, so good. I also just want to say for the record yeah. that Maze rips and Trey's not getting old. That's all He's I want to say about old. it. He's never getting old. Age does no. not exist with fish. They will be playing for the next 50 or 60 years. We just, we Thank all you. know this. Um, <laughs> um, my biggest takeaway, just like to put a bow on this, I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this. Um, there was a lot of conversation coming out of Hartford about the set list and about the song selection. Um, I said something on Twitter yesterday that like when fish is playing the way that they're playing, it honestly, like it does not matter to me what that what song they play like i literally i could write to you um the worst set list on paper just in terms of like songs that have no relationship to each other songs that have no flow songs that have mm -hmm. never really been explored like you know a set list where you're like that doesn't feel like a fish set list and i guarantee you in the way that fish is playing right now they could make it an incredible show um i don't personally think hartford had a bad set list i think it was some interesting set listing calls. I have to imagine that the band felt a little bit tired, although they played uh, Breath and Burning, Sigma Oasis out as far as possible in set one. And then set two obviously had that great hour long opening to the set. But last night's set, last night's whole set, the whole show overall, it was a really good set list. Like if you want just like classic fish songs, you got them in curtain 
Santos is like an updated disease without the jam segment. Uh, NICU is always a fan favorite. Uh, Pebbles and Marbles is a rarity Pebbles. that people are constantly mm-hmm. chasing. Gin, Maze, Coil. Like, how do you end a set better than saying, hey, we're going to go from Lawn Boy to Rift back to Lawn Boy? Cool. I- I'm in for it. And then the second set is both a combination of new songs that are jamming and a lot of classic songs like Mango Song, Chalk Dust Torture, Harry Hood and the Encore. I- I'm curious for you guys. What did you think of this from a just a simple song selection standpoint throughout this show? Meg, Meg what were your thoughts? I thought the show had a lot of flow. There's just a consistency to the level of their playing and also some of the kind of sonic textures that they're building last night. Like to me, I kept hearing Trey using a lot of like the 90s rock god pedal effects and that just kind of carried through. So to me, the show felt like it had kind of a theme to it in a way that Hartford didn't. Yeah. I remember we, we were talking uh, over text, like you felt like Hartford was a little up and down last night, felt a little bit more mm-hmm. fluid to you. Absolutely. Do you get yeah. that sense, Matt, being at both shows? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, again, what, what I think it really comes down to is that, you know, the band's going to play what they want to play and they're going to jam when they want to jam. And again, I think, uh, you know, if anything I've been hearing from the crowd, it's everybody kind of wants that, uh, you know, more of a classic set list. Like they're always saying, I separate, like, please give me the chalk dust, please. Where's the mics. And we don't Tonight, need them the anymore. necessarily. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, I, <laughs> we, want we don't need it, but we want it. You're but, right. You know, like last night, um, I, yeah, I haven't had a, an issue with any of these set lists because again, you got to use your ears. I know, uh, you know, speaking to Hartford, just to, I don't want to detract too much, but my one friend who hasn't been to any of these shows, big fish fan, but you know, he can be a little more critical. He texted me after the Hartford show after looking at the set list and just went, he said, uh, wolf. And I went, Oh man, you're that's, that's some of the best jam- hour long jamming I've heard in years from the band. Go take a listen. He did. He goes, all right, I'm gonna start listening to this tour. I go, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> The, well done. <laughs> uh, yeah, the setless construction, it I think it's it's great because knowing how they've been playing, it's keeping you on your toes because oh they're they might not be starting with a chalk dust tweezer every night, but you know that the band's intentional and they're not taking a night off or a week off or a tour off. You know, they're going to Melt your faces as, as they've been doing for 39 years. I love it. I love it. Let's keep on mixing up the set list. I'm right there with you. And I, I think it speaks to the challenge of, and I've talked about this a lot, but like they've thrown so many songs into the rotation. So, so many songs in the rotation and they don't play as many shows as they played 20, 30 years ago and that leads to challenges of like hey this is the first time we're going to play this song in however many shows or we're trying to work this newer song into the rotation and you either get moments where like songs fully click like the way a wave of hope did or you get moments where they don't click and you kind of have one shot and that one shot aspect it seems to really add a lot to Fish's performance right now because they know when we open up a second set with a wave of hope, we're not just going to open up with a wave of hope. We're actually going to test out and see what this song can do. And that happened a lot in the second set here, which we're going to get into. But before we do that, 
but I appreciate both of your guys' thoughts on the overall set listing. I think it's an interesting topic that could be approached with less complaints and more just conversation. I think it's an interesting topic. It just doesn't need to be like complained about because it's really not that, it's not, it's not that bad. It's not that, that big of a problem. Um, I want to ask you guys both though, my set break, what did I do? I I took my dogs out. We took a nice little stroll around the neighborhood. Um, I, I did a little bit of work outside and then I came back inside for the show, but you guys are there. You guys are in the venue. You can't leave. Our set break segment is sponsored by our good friends at Sunset Lake CBD. Meg, do you want to tell us about our friends at Sunset Lake CBD? Absolutely. Sunset Lake CBD's line of smokable hemp products are for the old deadhead or for the young fish fan, anyone searching for a mellow body high. Smoking CBD has all the benefits of high THC cannabis, but without the paranoid and anxious side effects. They've got nine different strains from this year's harvest, so there's really something for everyone. The Hawaiian Haze is awesome for an outdoor show, and Cherry Abacus is best for the end of the night. I smoked some Cherry Abacus at the end of the night because I was trying to get myself back to Brooklyn, and I knew I had to have my head straight, so I needed to kind of mellow out and smoke some CBD to feel like I'm still kind of like smoking and enjoying the show, but I'm mellowing out, and I'm not going to get paranoid and anxious, and I'm not going to worry about if I'm going to make it back okay. So check them out. All the flowers grown, cured, and trimmed by Sunset Lake CBD Farmers. And they have a farm-to-table approach where you can get, they ship their products directly from the farm to your door. So you get it really fast and really cheaply. So check them out at sunsetlakecbd.com. You can use the coupon code HFPOD and you're going to get 20% off all your products. Sunset Lake CBD is farmer-owned and Vermont-grown. And as Jonathan Hart says, we need to kick back sometimes with some Sunset Lake CBD. Set break is that time. They leave the stage. Paige says, thanks, guys. We'll be back. Don't worry. I know. I was thinking about you just waiting for him to maybe say that magic phrase, Brian, but. Stick around. Yeah, I thought he was going to happen. He pulled the mic up. And, I know. Um, but he just said, we'll be back. As though, hey, there's people in the crowd who are like, wait, they're leaving the stage? Is it over? Was that the opener? What, what just, I don't know what's going on. We all know that they're taking a set break, and this is our time to kick back. Matt, what is your set break routine, and what did you do last night? Yeah, so my set break routine is it's pretty standard. The moment the band stops playing, because, you know, I try as, as hard as I can, you know, no P songs, right? So the second the band stops playing, I dart to the bathroom, grab myself a beer and a water, and I'm back. Usually I am in the pavilion, or I try to be, so you know, there's no stress about losing your spot. You know your seat's there, which is great. Last night I was in the pit, so a little bit of that anxiety was there, but luckily I was with a good, you know, group of four four guys, and they were all um you know, holding down the spot. So it was no worry, but yeah, bathroom, beer, water back every time. So important. I, the, the only time I've ever been on the rail was uh Chula Vista last year. And I, I got to my spot, had a friend hold it down. I went to the bathroom before the show started. I got a water, I got a, a, a snack, but I was like, you got to really pace yourself, man, because you're not mm-hmm. leaving this spot for like the next five hours. Like that's just the reality of this situation is you're not leaving this spot. Um, it's good to have the group of friends that can hold down the area. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, Meg. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Meg, you, this being your first show and Matt speaks to it. There's a theme 
with guests on the show and hosts on the show. And that is anxiety around fish shows. We just love it so much. <laughs> we just love, I'm already, I'm, I'm two and a half weeks out from my first fish show of the tour. I've got pavilion seats, but I'm already like, is someone going to be standing in my spot? Am I going to have to do like, I got to get to my spot. That's my spot. You know, um, Meg, tell us what you did during set break last night. How did you spend that period? Well, when Squirming Coil started, I turned to my cousin and I was like, okay, this song is going to end with like a piano solo. And then we are like on the move. And I like, we're going to go down those steps and get out to the concourse. So we had an action plan. And yeah, I'm the same way. I try not to go during the set. So I just execute right at set break. Like I just move, focus. I put my like New Yorker energy and just like move through the crowd, <laughs> like a, you know, dodging people left and right really fast. Went to the bathroom. It's the best being a girl at a fish show. Never any lines. It's just like, there's something about that that just makes me so happy because we always have longer bathroom lines and it's just the one place on earth that we just get to be like, see you suckers and just like coast in. It's just, <laughs> it's just so good. It's so good. It never fails to make me happy. So I went in, used the bathroom, came back, got a beer, got a water. And my cousin and I were going back. We, we were in the pavilion as well. And we had really great seats. We were kind of like dead center in the last row of um, the first kind of up section. Mm. And when I got there, I was like, this is perfect because the whole area behind us is like a walkway. And I was like, now I know where I'm going to be dancing. This is great. But the people at Jones Beach were not cool, the security guards, about mm. it. And I tried to make inroads with them and explain like, you know, I'm – I'm just going to dance here. It's we're, we're going to get out of the way. I'm really aware of what's going on and not going to be in the way. If they're like, this is for the EMTs. I'm like, I don't think they need this tire space, but um, it, it wasn't successful. But luckily I had enough space to dance in my seats and I was around really cool people and everybody was getting down and just having an awesome time. But it was great during set break. My cousin and I, before we went back to our seats, just ended up talking in the concourse for the whole time, just like going deep on family stuff. And it was just, very satisfying and special. It was really nice. I love that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. This the special aspect of getting your business done, getting back because second set is coming and second set gets very, very serious very quickly. And being in a position where you can connect with people in your life, it's it's a really good thing. So let's dive in here to the second set of this show, which reads, I never needed you like this before, which then goes into leaves which then goes into Everything is Right, which segues into the Mango song. We end then with Most Events Aren't Planned, Choctaw's Torture, and Julius with a Harry Hood encore, which is just full disclosure, that is my favorite kind of encore that we could have. Um, there's a lot to dig into, especially here in the early part of this second set. Um, Megan, staying with you, what was your overall highlight of set two? It was the leaves. I mean, this jam is just, I've listened to it like a few times now. It's so good. It was one of those jams where I was got completely lost. You know, it was just a journey. There's this driving rhythmic nature to it. I kept looking at Fishman just, I remember I turned to my cousin. I was like, look at the drummer. Just like, look at him. He, he is just, he was on fire. It, it was just so driving and intense and Paige was using those like really cool effects. It sounds like there's about eight people playing music. It's just so rich mm. and dense and like layered. And it it was really, really, really sexy, really sexy. And I loved it. 
I was this jam. I will be going back to this jam. I have words to say about this jam, but just from his fist bump, uh, fist pump, if you are yes. not watching, if you're listening to this podcast, Matt was, uh, Matt was quite excited when Megan said leaves. Um, I'm guessing that that was your highlight, but, but I will, I will give you the floor to tell us what your highlight was for set two. Leaves. <laughs> I know so I, I was just poking some, uh, fun at some of my buddies who, you know, the look at us, tell us, like, Oh no, this isn't what I want or listen to something. And, you know, I, I, I like the song leaves. I really do. Um, I fell a bit mm-hmm. victim to that though. When they went into it, you know, early in the second set, I thought, Hmm, you know, that's, that's interesting. But as I just said, you know, five, 10 minutes ago, as always fish said, well, you think this think again. And they proved me wrong. It was, you know, contemplative. It was ethereal. The, the immediately, and I don't looking back. I don't know if it's the greatest comparison, but at the time, I was just, you know, just whoa, what is happening? It made me think of the uh, Beneath the Sea of Stars from Mohegan Sun a few years ago. Now, I don't think it was that mm. you know, out there and that you know stretched out in terms of you know where in the universe are we? But at the time. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I immediately thought of, you know, beneath the sea of stars type jam. And it, I mean, it was just incredible. Yeah. I thought that jam, I also thought of the steep from the Baker's dozen. Um, Great. just the way that kind of like builds out from this song and, you know, it's, it's such a different type of jam vehicle. I was talking about this a couple episodes ago. I forget what the context was, but I was talking about like this desire to have ballads jamming because fish is playing ballads so well. Um, they're, they're so delicate. They, they, they focus on dynamics in such a unique way right now with a lot of their ballads, uh, like farmhouse from, uh, Hartford was absolutely stunning. Um, this Last year in Vegas, they did a, a jam out of two versions of me, which I thought was really mm-hmm. exciting. It's just so many fish jams come out when the band is playing at a relentless high pace. And then it goes through waves of, you know, here's high energy jam, here's some evil jam, and here's some up-tempo bliss jam, and here's kind of a mellow uh, conclusion to the jam. Um, having them come out of a slow contemplative ballad, I think is just such a different uh, approach to it. It also reminded me of the uh, Reading 20 years later from 2013, but leaves was my highlight as well. Um, I love this song. It sounds like a Bowie song to me. Um, it's the, on the recording uh, on Sigma mm-hmm. Oasis. It's brilliant. Um, yeah. <laughs> Go Brian, ahead. I was going to say, I was going to say, the first time I heard "Leaves," I thought it was a David Bowie cover that I hadn't heard before. Oh wow! Which wow. worked perfectly because it came out yeah. the summer after the Bowie album, and like it just, mm-hmm. it was, it was such a great, it was such a yeah. great. I was going to say, in fact, I think it was last year at some point they started playing it. My buddy goes, "Hey, what is this?" I go, "Oh, it's Leaves, the Bowie cover." <laughs> <laughs> Unofficially, it speaks a lot. It does. It sound. speaks a lot to the band's songwriting. This was to me. So first, first and foremost, from a jamming standpoint, I think this is one of my five to 10 favorite jams of the year so far. It's right in that list mm-hmm. with me with, from this tour, the set your soul free, the, a wave of hope, the down disease. But, you know, if you go back further in the tour, the Carini from Mexico, the no man in no man's land, the tweezer from orange beach, just so many great, great performances throughout the year. 
from a song from a set listing call standpoint because i think this will mm-hmm. open us to the larger topic of this set at hand i want to give a shout out to our co-host who is hanging out who posted yes. this comment uh four or five minutes ago and has been waiting for me to highlight it i know it um jonathan hart called the i never needed you like this before jam on this podcast show so jonathan's got the call that's I'm song, telling you right now He's got the call. Some people call songs that have never been played before. Other people call songs that will become jam vehicles. There's a difference. You know what I mean, Meg? You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. I do. Sorry. That's a that's a ribbing, the quadraphonic toppling ribbing. Um, so this song opened up the yeah, – it was. This song opened up the 4.0 era. With It opened up the Arkansas show. It was played a ton throughout 2021. It felt like the song – that was poised to become the next jam vehicle and the spirit of everything's right and the spirit of set your soul free and the spirit of soul planet, but it never quite got there last year. And even this year, it never quite got there. It was really cool to hear it open up into a jam. I will Mm -hmm. say, I don't know if this is controversial or if I'm being too critical. It was interesting for me to listen to it and hear how the night before they just, the show before they just fully connect on a wave of hope. And here it felt like they were searching a lot and they were hitting some dead ends. And it felt like when they went into leaves, I got a couple texts from people being like, right now? And then, of course, everyone mm. ate their words when they jammed out leaves. But it felt to me like, hey, they exp- – right, right there. Um, they explored – I never need you like this before. They never found that one segment that totally took them to that magical place. And that's okay. That doesn't happen. That's part of the point of exploration. But they found it in leaves. Um, I don't know if you guys agree about my assessment of I never need you like this before, if you had a different takeaway being there. I mean, what a great set opener. I, the energy that Trey brings to that song is just palpable. I mean, it's really, it's a, such a classic rock song to me. It sounds like a song that's always existed. And I thought it was great to open the second set. It was so fun to hear it jam, even if it you know didn't come to anything like you were saying, anything spectacular. But yeah, dropping into leaves was a perfect call, despite what everyone thought at the moment. And, you know, and it was beautiful. Yeah, I love I Never Needed You Like This Before. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, like you said, a straight rocker between, you know, I saw some great versions last year at Shoreline and then mm. at uh, San Francisco in the fall. It's, you know, to me, and again, musically might not be the best comparison, but what almost what Chalk Dust used to serve in the mid 90s, where it was just, okay, mm-hmm. Chalk is going to sit here and, murder his guitar for the next six minutes and walk <laughs> in your watch. Um, exactly. So when they actually started to, and I'm good with that. I love that. And having that song serve that purpose. But once they started to explore it, I'm here for it. And, you know, they're completely different musical palettes uh, that and leaves, but you know, who's to say that had that, you know, meandering not occurred in the, uh, or, and I say meandering, you know, yeah, exploration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get you. Wouldn't have had the leaves uh, had that not happened. Exactly. Well, and that's and that's Why? that's the point. Like that, I totally agree yeah. with that. Like Me too. You, the the point to me is the risk taking, and the risk taking doesn't a hundred percent of the time, and it's never guaranteed to lead to brilliance. There's something really special that happens when they play that set your soul free jam on Saturday night or that wave of hope jam on Sunday night, where all four members seem like every idea 
is aligned with each other and it just takes them like jumping onto it and every conversational piece just flows that doesn't happen all the time and that's okay i don't personally think it happened last night with um uh i never need you like this before but also like i'm just looking at the stats this is the ninth performance of this song all time and we moved into a jamming space yeah that's it like we moved into a jamming space which gives me the indication that the next time they play this they're going to try to go for it again but to your point as well matt like we may not have gotten that leaves if they had fully connected around that wave of hope and it had extended for another five, six minutes. You never know. Like I'm really uh, inspired and, and excited by the fact that they tried it out. It's, it's mm-hmm. a meaningful song and, and to see that take this next step forward in their catalog, but then to go into a song like leaves that nobody is expecting is going to jam. And that song leads to such a brilliant jam. That's really the cool unknown aspect that you go into every fish show with. Yeah, and I think back to, you know, Alpine Night 3, 2019, very famous show when, uh, yeah. you know, with Ruby Waves, yeah. when they, Trey and them came out and said, yeah, we opened up with Mercury and we thought that was going to be mm-hmm. And it wasn't. They went to Ruby Waves and we all know what happened with that. But, you know, had Mercury connected, it, I'm sure it would have been great, but it may have been another, you know, 20-minute, 20 22-minute version that – was really great that year and we go back to but is not hailed nearly as much as that ruby waves is and mm-hmm. i have a feeling people are gonna be talking about this leaves for quite a bit that's mm-hmm. a really good point and i I'm, I'm right there with you um wrapping out the set here um to me everything's right kind of was in a similar boat it was kind of in between I never need you like this before and leaves where I felt like they fully connected, but I also felt like, whereas the night before you got three very specific, unique jams, it felt like they were in one kind of musical space. And by the time they got nine minutes and everything's right, they were kind of like, okay, let's have some fun here. Like we, we, we got to that musical moment. They found the segue into the mango song. It was a little bit of a rough mango song, but then we end it with some rock and roll and, most events aren't planned, which I don't know if you guys noticed this. Are there screens at Jones Beach? Can you guys see, like, besides the stage, are there screens where you can see the band close up? I was close to the pit. I didn't notice. There are okay. screens, but I don't I don't think they don't they don't show like close ups, I don't think. I never looked okay. at them. I think they might have been just like the dead on shot. I have no idea. They do have screens, but I don't I never saw Trey's face or anything. I don't okay. watch the show. It's kind of a weird thing about me you're just, but you're, you're close yeah uh, the, the reason i bring it up is there was a really kind of funny moment on the webcast i don't know the, this is the benefit of the webcast versus being there i don't know if this came across live the ending to most events aren't planned it gets really fast and really rocking and they and page wants the song to end on like a bah, 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 you know it's like a big moment and then it's over and the lights were going so crazy and he was playing on his piano looking at Fishman and it kind of looked like he was a little pissed off. Like, dude, you need to look at me because we need to be aligned for what's going to happen. And Fishman was just going crazy and rocking out. And finally Fishman and Paige made eye contact and Fishman was like, oh shit. Yeah, I get it. And he looks over at Mike and he's just got this, he's laughing and he just like hits a fill and then bump, bump, bump. And they end the song. And it was this like cool little close up of them with like most events aren't planned has been played. I'm pulling it up right now nine times, just the same as um, uh, as as, wow. as uh, I never needed you like this before. Um, 
it's just, it's hilarious to see them like still figuring these songs out and still figuring out live in the moment, 40 years into their career, how to hit the changes on these songs. But um, any highlights for you guys in terms of the latter part of the second set and the encore? That segue into Mango Song. Mango Song may have been, you know, not the best, but that segue into From Everything's Right Into It was fantastic. But for me, you know, that, that chalk dust, it was it had that old school vibe of the tension release that, like I said earlier, you know, that was the purpose it served. And I think that was the first time I really saw a, in my opinion, people could disagree. I thought that was as close to a classic chalk mm. dust as I've personally seen. Yeah. I was texting with a friend that like, I love how chalk dust, even when it doesn't jam now, it still has this like weird distorted elements to it. Um mm-hmm. This was full on rocking, but like Trey was leaning into his pedals. He was making weird noises and then it fades into Julius. It, it, it was, it's just so crazy to me that a song like Chalk Dust Torture at this point in its career can be featured as a set rocker, but also as a jam vehicle. There's just so much you can do with that song. But what about you, Meg? What were some of your highlights towards the end of the show? I just thought it was fun to end with like class three classic fish songs, you know, Chalk Dust, Julius, Hood. I'm always happy to hear Julius. That just brings me back like old school. And it was just fun to hear like they did a nice job in the show of balancing like new stuff and old stuff in a way that worked really, really well. And I I just have to say a shout out back to the first set. And much has been said about my dislike of the song uh, Roger. And I was in the parking lot beforehand with your brother, Brian. And he was like, you know, they're going to play Roger tonight for you. And I was just like, no, they're not. Don't curse me. And when it actually happened, it was just hilarious because now I actually like hearing this song because the texts and the like Twitter shout out were just so funny that I was like, actually, this moment is great. So the script has been flipped for me. Um, and it was the a beautiful version. But um, I, yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I'm glad. Plus being on the beach, the ocean coming like that is that song to me is summer 98 bottled in a song yeah. and, and just like the vibe there seems perfect. Um, all right. We have one more segment that we have to get through before we close out today. And this is a new sponsor. This is our new, this is a new partnership that we've got to introduce here. We are partnering with free fans for racial equality. This is the lasting highlight of the show. What will we be listening to five years from now from this show 7 26 2022 before we get to that we just want to let you know that fans for racial equality seek to build an anti-racist live music scene and promote liberation through racial equality in the world at large by activating the collective power of our community by facilitating thoughtful engagement around race and its intersection with other issues free empowers fans to challenge discrimination and systemic oppression wherever they see it to get involved in freeze education, outreach, and community partnership programs, you can sign up to volunteer at fansforracialequality.org. Again, that's fansforracialequality.org, or share in the groove at the free table during a show. They will be at every venue for the rest of Fish's summer tour. Amazing people over there who are doing really incredible work. Um, Matt, starting with you, what is the lasting highlight from last night that we'll be listening to five years from now? That David Bowie cover. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Leaves. It's going to be Leaves. That is the type of jam that, 
you know, I, I think we've, you've talked about a few times this podcast, that one Gord show last summer. It's, you know, a very vibey show. That song could yeah. fit perfectly right in there. And oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, it's it's going to be the leaves for me. Again, between the the last thing I expected and just to be, you know, my expectations flipped. And also just the quality of the, all four guys hooking up. And again, it's why we it's why we see this band so many darn times. Um, it's it's the Leafs. Yeah, Meg, how about you? Are you on the same page? You got something different. I mean, it's the Leafs for me too. I don't really think there's another answer that makes sense. And I also just want to shout out to you and say thank you to Free for what they're doing. And it's a really great place to go for resources if you feel like you want to learn more about promoting social justice and racial equity, but don't know what to do, um, especially as white people. If you're a white person, this is a place to go and find resources so, so you can start doing that work for yourself. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And I, I will go with the leaves as well. This Maple Night, I, I kind of referenced the the, uh, the the steep. I think that last night had a stronger overall set list, but I feel like, you know, Maple Night, people walk away from that. I don't know a lot of people that go back to the first set. I personally love the second set. I think it flows really well. But when you talk to anyone about the Baker's Dozen, within like five minutes, someone is going to say, yeah, but that's steep on Maple Night. And I feel like last night is going to be one of those five years from now when we're on summer 2027 tour, people are going to be like, yeah, but the leaves from Jones Beach, that was really special stuff. So um, I'm right there with you guys. Thank you, Free, for all you do. And thank you, Matt and Megan, for joining us. Megan, you are always here, but you're here now covering a show that you were at, which is even more special. Yay. Matt, thank you for, for joining us again here on HF pod. Uh, it was really, really awesome to have you here. And I, I wish you nothing but the best here going forward with summer tour. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me and Megan. If uh, I see you out on lot tonight, I'll come say, Hey, look out for the bucket hat. I love that hat. And I'm definitely going to be looking for you. Please. Right. I'd love to, I'd love to give a hug and say hello. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much. Awesome, Matt. We'll talk with you here soon, man. All right. We did it. We are, you know, what's crazy is last night was the first show that is like a show past what they played on the spring tour. So everything that we did for the spring tour, we've already done that again here in the summer tour. Now we're in uncharted territory. The band is, we are, and the band is playing really well. And we're going into night two at Jones Beach before they leave the New York area. They head south for Raleigh, Merriweather, AC, and then head to the Midwest to to God's country, if you will. I don't know why I just said that, but you know. (laughs) Maybe I'll be on the plane with with the boys heading down to the the show on Friday. We'll see. There we go. Maybe they'll be on my flight. That would be incredible. Um, Any last thoughts, any wishes that you have before tonight's show? I just want to want it to rage. I don't care what they play. I'm just so excited. I get to go again and I'm going with my best friend tonight. And this is our first show of summer tour together. And I'm just ready to dance and have a great time. Matt says in our private chat, highway to hell, which that would be a big bust out. That would be be a big bust out. That would be huge. That would be amazing. Um, Whatever it's going to be, I think it's going to be good. You know, it's, Apparently Jonathan thinks tonight is Mike's yeah. night. I was thinking it's last totally night. Mike's night. Mike's just not, he's, he's not singing a lot. You know, there's not a lot of Mike songs that we're calling. So maybe we're going to call Mike's song tonight. Uh, yeah. What Willie thinks says waste. That could be a nice little yeah. ballad there and, uh, towards the end of the second set or, or in the early encore slot. I, I would dig that. But whatever happens, 
There's a lot that we are loving about this tour and cannot wait to see where this all goes. So everyone be safe, be well. We will talk with you all tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern to cover night two at Jones Beach. Till then. Bye, everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.